Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little, little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. Caesar, welcome. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it, man. So I, I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. Thank you. Tried to do your famous noise. <clears throat> Just can't do it like you. Welcome to Literally with me, Rob Lowe. Um, Okay, so I'm a dog lover. I am. Sue me. What do you want from me? Um, I live me some dogos. And and I feel like the, more than ever, everybody loves dogs. So today's a special treat. Get it? See what I did there? Dogs, special treat. Dogs love treats. Nothing? Okay. Um, Caesar Milan. Caesar Milan. The dog whisperer is here and i have many 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 questions for him because i have five dogs and um this is going to be good um get your notepad you're going to want to take notes on this one trust me if you have any interest at all in dogs or pets or frankly human beings get ready to take voluminous notes with caesar milan from the time you were a kid you were you you were connected to dogs, isn't that right? I was connected to pretty much anything Earth. You know, I grew up on a farm, so growing up in that environment, you are automatically are are being taught, you know, to take care of the lawn, take care of you know the animals, take care of the family. Uh, you know, spirituality is very big. Uh, where are we from? I always tell my kids, you know, my kids were born in America. I say, you know, the the beautiful part about growing up with very little. Uh, uh, money is that your spirituality grows really high because you develop faith and your instincts develop really high because you work with the land and the animals. 
and the love for the family, you know, that's what you care about. So you pretty much grew up with those three pillars. So in the, in the animal world, it's all about, you know, the belief, the family and the activities, right? So once you grow up with those three pillars, uh, it pretty much you stay connected. So I, I definitely, I, I was blessed to be able to keep uh, my instincts, my spirituality and, and my love for my family and for, for earth. I think that's why your, um, your brand of animal training, dog training, however you want to categorize it is so interesting because it comes imbued with that, you know, it's, yeah. it's not, you know, you're not just a, another, ho a another Hollywood dog trainer rolling up, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> you've got, you've got that spirituality. You've got that, that thing in it. I do you, I always feel, um, if I meet someone and tell, tell me, oh, I don't like dogs. Or, oh, well, I don't like cats. I go, I go, uh oh, warning, warning. D is that, do you think that, well, am I crazy? You know, so you were saying about, you know, my profession, my profession is to train humans, right? Mm -hmm. To connect to mother nature. And, and what I have found is some humans are afraid of animals. Some humans are, don't, they just don't like animals, you know? So the three energies that I learned that the world is, lives by is love fear and hate you know so that's why my 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 mission is to train humans you so in my world you don't have to have a dog because you find humans who don't who don't have a connection with nature you don't have to have a dog but what you do have to have is connection so you can have good communication and the most ideal relationship which is about trust respect and love right so so yes, it's, it's a good insight uh, when a human tells you, I don't like animals. Well, that tells you the connection with earth. What, what would you describe as the definition of a connection with nature? Well, uh, you have trust, respect, and love. You feel free. You know, you, uh, you live by the motor code, honesty, integrity, loyalty, pursuit of happiness, live in the moment, you know, unconditional love, and, and you pretty much use your instincts. And of course, creativity. Right. So in that world, money, fame, and power is irrelevant. Right. So, so that's the beauty. You, you get to maintain your spirituality. You get to maintain your instincts. You get to maintain your love because for those three pillars, you don't need money, fame, or power. So when you come to a, to a place like America, it, it, you can easily get sidetracked in the money, fame, and power. Right. Especially in LA. Right. So especially in LA, you can, you can see how that rules and leads most of people's uh, motivation, you know, so the dogs live with this human and the dog shows you, you know, how this human lives. So that's why when I come to people's home, I listen to the human because the human like to tell the story, but the dog tells you the truth. I love that. The humans tell you the story and the dogs tell you the truth. Yeah. That's really good. What, what, why are dogs man's best friend? There's been a lot of stuff written I've noticed over the last, feels like over the last month, I've read numerous articles on the science of that. And people are really take, taking an interest in, in why that is. What's, what's behind our deep, deep, deep connection to dogs? Adaptation. We're the only two species that you can find all over the world. You know, so no matter where you are in the world, those are the two species that will survive, right? So adaptation is number one. Because without life, there's no relationship. And so then eventually is a relationship. But, but the first thing is the adaptation. We are so capable to adapt to the snow, to the sun, to the, to the, uh, you know, to the, to the jungle. No matter where we are, those are the two species that you will find anywhere in the world. So 
that's why we become such a great allies to live in a world uh, like this one, which is full of chaos, full of unhappiness and confusion, right? So you need somebody that you can truly trust, truly respect, and truly love. And so a dog has that, you know? Dogs live with homeless people, right? So that just shows you that a dog can care less if you don't have a house. And some people say, I don't have a house. That's why I can't have a dog. And it's like, well, um, well here in America, homeless people have dogs. So you don't need to have a house. You just need to want to adapt to a relationship with a different species. And then they, they do the rest. So I, yeah, it's funny because now science wants to find out what this is all about, but it's, it's been happening for thousands of years. Well, that was my next question is, what was the, the uh, original relationship like, do you think? With, with When the first human and the first dog connected, what was that about? Need, need. We need you, know, you need a woman or you need a friend or you need a business or you need something. Mm-hmm. It's a need. You need something that fulfill uh, your, your flesh, your mind, your heart, your spirit. And so when you can't find that with your own kind and then you, you have a tendency to seek somewhere else. You know, so then the somewhere else is a dog and then it's a horse and then it's a bird. And the last one is a cat. And, and the reason why the cat is the last one is because cats are not pack oriented. Right. So they don't have in their program to be with you for more than 10 minutes. <laughs> the other three that I mentioned, they want to be with you to the point that you have to teach a dog to separate. And so a dog wants to be with you 24 seven. A cat wants to be with you 10 minutes. <laughs> yes. Kind of like, kind of like my kids. Yeah, yeah, at one point I have, I have two kids too. You know, yeah. at one point they turn into a cat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know? But in the beginning, you raise them like the way you raise a, a, a pack of puppies, you know? And then eventually they become individual and then they come back to the pack. A pack is defined by how many dogs? How many dogs makes a pack? Well, two, two, two. three. Yeah, two. Yeah, a cat and a dog is a pack. A cat and a bird is a pack. A, a dog and a horse is a pack. A human and a dog is a pack. You know, it's, it's a group. It's, it's, it's beginning of a family. And then you create that. So and then that, that becomes the beginning of a pack. And so we're talking about a spiritual pack, emotional pack, you know, companion pack. And, and so that's, that's pretty much it. And of course, you know, having two, three, four, five, and then different species, mm-hmm. it just makes it even more beautiful because the individual species add their own essence to the mix. You know, we have emus, we have alpacas, uh, llamas, tortoises, birds, a donkey, horse, and they all bring something. And then when you mix them all in one place, it's just a beautiful festivity of energy. Yeah. A while back, you were saying that dogs are one of the only species that you see all over the world. And in my travels all over the world, I've been blessed and lucky enough to, to travel a lot to many different places. You do. You see the dogs everywhere. But I have to say... It seems to me, I just got back from Mexico, and Mexico does the dog better than any country in the world, I think. I think that, I don't know what, the cutest goddamn dogs for sure in the planet are in Mexico. Come at me if you disagree. The, the Mexican mutt, man, every single one of them I wanted to grab off the street and take home with me. You know, the beauty of a, a, a dog in Mexico is he actually is a citizen of, citizen of the country. Right, because he's he's allowed to roam everywhere. So everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, Mexico is is the dog park. A dog in America, he has to go into a dog park to practice social moment or freedom, right? So, so he doesn't, you know, 
here in America, we, we have this, the, the thing called uh, the land of the free. But once you see a dog, he's not free. He, but dog in Mexico is actually free, you know? And so you, they get to develop the adaptation, the, uh, the understanding. So a lot of times people ask me, which, well, what dog is the most intelligent breed in the world? I say a street dog. Mm -hmm. I, I rather have a street dog than a dog that has been trained to do shoots and three and have all the medals in the world. Why? Because that dog, you have to tell him what to do. And a street dog, he tells you what to do. Totally. You know, so he actually saves your life. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Uh, we have, I have, I have five dogs. I, I've always, I know, we're a big dog family. A pack. Um, it always have been. And, you know, when one passes away, we, we, we get another. And, uh, you know, one, one of the dogs I have now, Owen, and if people follow my Instagram, uh, they, they see pictures of my dogs all the time. But Owen, and I have, I have mutts, I have rescues, I have purebreds, uh, you name it, I have it. Owen's the purebred. He's the fancy boy. He's a German short-haired pointer, and he comes from a long lineage of champions. And wow. we had to agree to let him be shown if we were going to get him. <laughs> and he is, without a doubt, the most beautiful German short-haired pointer I've ever seen. And the breeder's like, oh, and I know breeders, for the people going crazy that I said breeder, I also uh, rescue about 30 animals uh, twice a year, right, okay? Yeah. Yeah, just calm down. Yeah. Um, anyway, was like, this is the most beautiful GSP I've ever seen, but we, we're not, we're not going to show him. Would you have a, an opinion on showing, like, when you watch, watch Westminster? Yes. I or any it. of those things, I, like, you love, love it, right? It. It's like, it's like the Super Bowl for you, I'm, I bet, I'm betting, right? It's an activity. It requires discipline. Mm -hmm. It requires, you know, uh, to be uh, well, very fit, very healthy. It shows your genetics, you know, and, and definitely it shows social interaction. It, it requires, like I said, a lot of discipline because there's a lot of food in the floor. And, you know, 60% 60 of the brain is controlled by the nose. So if you control the nose of a dog, you pretty much are challenging that dog more than anything else, more than than jumping, swimming, or anything else. So and then for, on top of that, he has to feel that he is the best in the world. So that also requires concentration, you know? So it, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful activity uh, uh, to practice for a dog. It requires, like I said, a lot of discipline. You need to be fit. You need to be super handsome. And uh, it just shows, you know, your, your cultural background. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like me saying, do I love to be Mexican? Of course I love to be Mexican. <laughs> I, and I will be in a show, though. <laughs> well, this interview is great, by the way, but I'm also going to pepper you. This is my free chance to get free dog training for you so, while, while I got you. So, so Owen, the other day, who we're talking about, has just, I live on the beach, right on the beach, and he's loves to chase sticks, and he's he's discovered, you know, that the ocean is his friend, and he'll chase sticks and birds and swims like you can't believe. The other day, I took him down, turned my back on him, and he was 150 yards offshore swimming for the horizon and i was like wait what what and i go well he's gonna turn around and come back in a minute nope going 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 until he was a speck and i was like you know what i don't know what the heck is it. but i got i got a big paddle board like a rescue paddle board and i paddled out and what i realized was happening is a bird was teasing him and would like he the bird would fly owen would paddle up to him then the bird would fly out farther then owen would paddle up to him and and there it was choppy and at his head level he could not see the shore for sure i was like i'm gonna rescue him I put him on my board and i 
prevent, but I did the right thing, right? I mean, he that could have been trouble, correct? Uh, the right thing is to prevent from him to cross the hundred feet mark. Mm. That's called boundaries, right? And so the the uh, once they get in the song, once they get into that prey yeah. drive, uh, then then that controls them. Mm. And so many many times it's it's not ideal, you know, because it it it, it gets into the place of not being safe anymore. Right. It's their their brain that just goes and so and they don't they don't they don't have a limit unless they're tired. So that in the ocean can be can be dangerous. So the the, the right thing to do or in the streets, you know, in the streets uh, can be dangerous. That's more prone to happen in the streets. What you went through, you know, dogs chase squirrels in the streets and then they get in trouble. So it's the same thing. What do you think the the most the most common mistake people make with their with their dogs are. I saw it was really interesting. I saw one of your quotes is great as you dogs need the three things. Exercise, discipline, discipline, and a form of work, right? Yes. Because when you go to work, you have to be disciplined. So it's very mental. And then affection, that's the reward, right? So they have to work for the food, the water, the shelter, the family. So that, that way they feel that they, are, they have a purpose and they actually pitch in, right? So it's a body, mind, heart. And so... Uh, one of the worst uh, or the, the, the thing that most people don't do is they, they set clear rules, boundaries, and limitations, right? So once you have clear rules, boundaries, and limitations, you're not going to make mistakes. Right. You know, so, so people can do exercise, but, but because they don't have a clear rules, boundaries, and limitations, situations like yours can happen. Your dog is not clear on the boundaries. It's not that he is not allowed to chase a bird or chase a stick. What he should know is how far is enough. Right. Right. So he needs to stay within the bubble. Just like, you know, raising kids. Yeah, you can play as much as you want, but you can't go too far away from it. You see it? So we're teaching our kids rules, boundaries, limitations. That makes them discipline. That makes them structure and that gives us a peace of mind. So what so what do you say to the to the person who doesn't have access to you or doesn't have, have access to a trainer and you want to teach your dog it's not cool? When you're in a park with no fence, to just run away. Well, uh, the most the simplest way is to go for a long walk because you should never teach the mind with too much physical energy, mm-hmm. right? So your your job is to wake up in the morning and go for a long walk, right? So that is going to control or address the athleticism part of the dog, and then is the working part. So what do I do with my my creative mind? I want to smell here. I want to look this. I want to hear this. Right? So nose, eyes, ears. And so that's, that's when you are bringing the dog to a, a situation, whatever you want to go, and you bring a long line. You don't even have to have any other, you know, more technological tools. Right. You can just be as primal as you want to be. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that when you, you bring the dog to that environment, you have a long enough line for him to detach. And at the moment, he moves at the end of that, and then you correct him. You stop him, right? And then the dog, repetitions of that would allow the dog to understand, okay, we go for a long walk. And then my human brings me to these scenarios, and that's as far as I can go, right? So and then the dog learns boundaries, you know? Right. And, and then the rules is don't eat food from the floor, don't jump on people, don't chase a dog at a certain way, you know? Don't eat, uh, don't steal people's food at the park. Those are rules. And limits right. is how long did you stay outside? Rules by limitations. And that allows the dog to know that his needs are going to be met, the body and the mind. Summer is almost here. 
Are you ready to throw open your windows or throw them away? If they're drafty, foggy, or impossible to clean, talk to your friends at Window World. Window World specializes in home transformation with beautiful, energy-efficient windows, entry doors, and siding, featuring Energy Star certification and the good housekeeping seal. Call 1-800-WINDOW-WORLD, schedule your free consultation, and tell them you heard about it here on Literally the Rob Lowe. Window World, America's exterior remodeler. You know the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast? My dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats, keep my dogs healthy, and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. I liked one of your quotes I read where you said that one of the things that Americans do is we give our dogs too much affection and not enough of the other two things. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a formula for everything. As, as you know, as a dad, you, you know, it's a formula to be a dad, a formula to be an actor, a formula to be a yep. businessman, you know? So it's the formula to connect with a dog and you eventually have the freedom of being off leash is exercise discipline affection, body, mind, heart. My clients like to do affection, 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 and expect <laughs> yeah. the dog to behave, you know? So it's two shows uh, that America can, you know, can, can guide themselves 
with it, you know, Super Nanny and, and Dog Whisper. Yep. Right. So those two shows, two foreigns, two immigrants yep. are showing America that the kids and the dogs control America. It's amazing. When I go, whenever I, it's so funny you say that because whenever I go to, well, frankly, anywhere in the world other than America, I'm like, the kids are so well-mannered. They're, they're great. I mean, right. you go to England, you go to Germany, you go to, you know, South America, where, wherever you want to go, the, the kids are on point. And in America, we just let them run amok. Yeah. But that's affection, affection, affection. That's right. That's, that's the formula. And, and, the, and the irony is it's not good for a dog or a kid. Well, no, it's not because it's not the only activity they need. Yeah. So I'm not saying not to give affection. Of course not. But it's let them in, let them work for it. So they so they know that affection is something to be grateful about it. You know, something to protect, something to also generate. Because a lot of times when they receive, they don't give it. Well, that's what, what creates entitlement. But that, um, unfortunately, that's that's why dogs feel that they own the house, they own the family, they own the toys, they own everything. So then. People will describe this. Caesar, my dog doesn't doesn't want me to be near my wife. Mm-hmm. That do- my dog doesn't want me to touch the food. My dog uh, my dog doesn't want me to touch the toys that I purchase. You see it. Mm-hmm. So all this uh, uh, territorial behavior, this uh, behavior of uh, controlling or, or possessing things, is is entitlement because they believe that everything belongs to them. They don't they don't work for anything. And it's the same with it's the same with people. Well, yeah, I mean, we're part of the uh, animal world, right? We, it's, you know, who do we follow? You know, what are the rules, bounds, limitations? Well, you know, so uh, do we practice gratitude? Do we practice, you know, be there for somebody else? Do, do we help, you know, to, to make sure the water, the shelter, and the food, the basic stuff, super basic things, you know, yeah. that, that, that we just keep in mind, regardless of the background of the kids, you know, so economically background, it doesn't matter. It's just about, it's just about making sure that we're p- part of the pack. You know, my, I grew up with my grandfather, my father, my grand, my mother, my grandma, an old-fashioned way, thanks God. And my grandfather was the pack leader. Second pack leader was my, th- my dad. Third pack leader was my, gran- my grandmother. And then fourth pack leader was my mom. So all these grown-ups were my pack leaders. They all have the same agreement, you know, the same rules by limitation, the same tradition, the, the same, everything was the same. So it was very consistent. And the way I felt that they were there to give me direction, protection, and love. Yeah. You know, so. Well, that's the key to, you know, training an animal, obviously, because it's what you're telling me, and to raising kids, which I have experience with, is like consistency is, I mean, without consistency, you're done. You're done. There's, there's no way to, no way, no way to do it. So if your kids can conquer and divide you as, as, a, as a parent with your partner, you're toast. Well, consistency, you know, I always tell my kids, you know, even lazy people are consistent. So, you know, uh, consistency is not the problem. Is it what is it that you are practicing that, you know, that is more important, you know? So the awareness of what is it that you do, right? So my house, uh, we go this way is God, families, and then itself. And, and, uh, and, you know, so that way they're always grateful of life. Yep. And then always making sure that the birds, the, the animals and the family always are, uh, you know, they're w- well taking the grandparents, you know, they always make sure I tell them, hey, find out how your grandparents are doing. And then it's you. And that, it, that creates a very pack-oriented way of being because you can just easily go into self-oriented and forget about the pack. Right. You know, and so it just develops a different way of, of, of being with life. So that's the consistency I expect with my pack because that's what I do. 
Totally. Do do you do you feel what, there's a scientific term for this? Yeah, and I'm too stupid to remember it. But the, but the notion that we project onto animals or or other things things that we think they think, but in fact they don't. So in other words, the the, the notion that we think dogs understand way more than they actually do, or do all, do dogs? feel and understand the things that we think they do. By the way, that may be the worst posed question I've ever asked on this podcast. <laughs> it might be. I realize that. But I think you know what I meant. Yeah, you know, there is there is uh there is some dogs they they have uh, uh like superpowers, right? So like daddy, my pit bull, he got superpowers. That's a dog that was that I was in the beginning of my career. I needed that kind of guidance and that kind of support and that kind of knowledge that it was just superpower, right? So he, I can't say that, that I can't even create anything out of it because I'm just amazed of the stuff that he does, you know? But my clients do do like to uh, say, my dog feels this way. That's why he doesn't want to go to the park. So they start creating stories. That's why I said the human tells a story and the dog tells you the truth. You know what I mean? So, yep. so that's that. That happens a lot. You know, there is that, but it's definitely some some dogs that have superpowers. There's no doubt about it. There, there is some special dog, just like humans. They come with superpowers. You know, and then other people they just make stories out of it. That's so interesting. That makes perfect sense because there are, you know, I've had like I said, I have a, a tremendous amount of experience with dogs. Owen is a dog. He's a dog, and then there are some that I, I don't know. It's not that they they think they're human, no, but there's no, something no, no. going on that's not just dog. That's right. And by the way, I like I like both iterations. I like those dogs that think they're people, act like people, look like people, behave weird. I love that too. But I also like a good old fashioned dog that's just dogs. Yeah, well, yes, I I, I definitely have had more dogs <laughs> than dogs with superpowers. No, no doubt about it. You know, no doubt. What about would it. be a do- what are some of the dog's superpowers you've noticed in your career? So I tell you my I tell you the story with Daddy. You know, so Daddy died when he was sixteen, and right before, um, you know, month before he died, we shot the last episode on Dog Whisper. Wow! And he was always with me, always, always. So I had him in the RB. We went to this new place. We never been there. Okay, so we went and helped a dog trainer. This dog developed fear to humans. And this dog actually used to work in jail finding cell phones. Wow. Right. So, so, so somehow people, you know, uh, infiltrate uh, uh, cell phones in, in jail and, and they have a, a, a canine group that goes finds the cell phones. So, but this dog developed fear to humans, including his trainer. Mm-hmm. So I go on in there and the dog is petrified. Petrified. So if you pull, carry this dog, he gets even worse. Okay. So I didn't want to move him. And then I said, you know, it's only one, one person that can do something about it. So I go to my RV. Daddy is like anxious, ready to come out. I open the door. He gets out. We've never been there. He gets out. He goes exactly to where the dog is, touches his nose. The dog follows him and brings him into the RV. That kind of superpower. Wow. Okay. Wow. So it's like, we never been the, I'm the freaking dog whisperer. Yeah, you're the dog whisperer. <laughs> the only guy is, is a trainer of that dog. Nothing two humans can do. Daddy comes in, 
touches with the nose. The dog snaps out of it, follows him to the RB. So I never told daddy, daddy, I need this help. Mm-hmm. He knew, he knew, but I also knew that it was, it was somebody can help. It was going to be him. And the guy was a month to, you know, before he died. That's how special that guy. Mm. He was a service to the highest level of penis. That's the difference between a, do- a normal dog and a dog that is at service. You know, the spiritual dogs. And those dogs, like anything else, like any hu- any special human, they're just born. They're just that's just the way they arrive. You can't train it into them. They just are who they are. That's it. Do you have a, a breed that you find particularly challenging? Oh no, the human. <laughs> of course, right. You know, a human in denial is the worst, you For know, sure. and, and, uh, and a human in denial with a lot of money is even more difficult. Yep. You know, so, so no dogs, you know, you just find what motivates them and inspires them. And, and that's pretty much it. You just make them follow you. Do dogs choose people? So I have a lot of people coming and going in the house because I also have an office there and pe- I'm taking meetings and I, you know, people who work on my team and stuff. And I've had a couple of dogs choose people outside of our close family that they, they, like they would go home with them. They want to be with them. It's really bizarre. Does that make any sense? Is that, do you find dogs choose people? That's compatible. You know, your friends, you choose them. So that's compatibility. Family, you can choose. Right. But you know, uh, um, but you know, sometimes you get the dog you need, not the dog you want. And sometimes you get the dog that's compatible to you. You know, and so the people in your life is sometimes is the one you need and the other one is the one you are compatible to. So the same thing with a dog, you know, same, same thing. I had one dog, uh, it was a schnauzer and he became obsessed with my wife. I mean, obsessed to the point that it was like a real problem. And why, why do dogs choose who they're going to be obsessed with? Well, it, it could be, it could be energy, you know, it could be a, a many, many, many times it's energy. If the human is, is, uh, in a softer energy, the dog comes and take over, you know? So is is it, is a problem where the dog is a stronger energy, right? So he practices the masculine energy, even if it's a female. And so if, if the dog takes over that human and then they become overprotected of that human. So why that dog takes over the, the right way is the human gives the leadership to the dog so the dog never gets in trouble. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is, it's, it's, it's important that a human always control instincts. Because remember, there's no knowledge behind instincts, it's all reaction. So a dog that chooses a human on his own can actually go against the whole family. Yeah. Exactly. So that instinctually is wrong. You see what I mean? Now, yep. there, is, there is dogs, they, they go to hospitals or hospitals and they choose the human that are the weakest and helps them elevate. Yep. You see, that, that's a healing moment Yes, versus a, a, an instinctual moment. So the healing moment is perfect, but the one that's instinctual, that becomes dangerous. You know, so that's, that's definitely not ideal because they can bite. They can bite, they can growl, you know, and people can develop fear and distrust to the dog that they love. We have a, another dog named Gilbert Grape. And <laughs> Gil, Gil, well, the best was his name was Leo. And then a friend of mine was like, oh, Leo, Gilbert Grape, like Leo DiCaprio. And went, wait a minute, that's a better name. So it became Gilbert Grape. And um, Gilbert's a rescue. And Gilbert, sadly, we were pretty sure it was just 
terribly, terribly, terribly beaten it, wherever he came from. And he was so, we've had to work so hard to get him uh, trust. trust and rehabilitated and not to be so crazily submissive, like mm. just insane. But he's such a lovely little, I don't know what he is, what, he, what the hell mix he is, but he's cute as can be. And it's so, it's so interesting what you get when you get a rescue. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think it's a, it's a cliche, but I do feel like they're grateful. I really do. I mean, I may be projecting that, but like I said, I've had the fancy breeders. I've had way more rescues. The rescues always, at the end of the day, seem more connected almost immediately. Well, they get to see life in a different life versus the, the uh, breeders. Right. They're more sheltered. Yeah. Right. So they're more sheltered. Everything is beautiful. And, mm-hmm. You know, food is there available. And the mother has, you know, a background. Yep. You know? Yep. And they know who their mother, fathers, and the grandparents. So they know their lineage. And the street dog, actually, you know, he born and he begins to survive. So the whole survival uh, uh, action moment, it allows them to actually see right and wrong. Right. So street smart versus book smart. Right. And so street dogs are street smart, you know, so they know this is a good home. This is our good humans because they're already met and they're really bad. Right. You know? So, yeah. So the gratitude for sure is, is the, so in my house with the five dogs, it isn't necessarily true that the oldest is the leader of the pack. It may have something to do with age, but not always. Is that right? No, not always. Not always. No. No, age, age is, is, is just age, you know, as you're, you're even, you are born to be in front, the middle, or the back. That's it. As your job is to find yourself where, where, where you fit better in the back, you know? So, it, it, so age has nothing to do with leadership. Um, it's a lot of elderly elders in a, in a, in a group, but not everybody is the pack leader. Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to Effortless Clean. The weather is getting warmer. It's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. But there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season. With Quince, now you can get high-quality pieces that never go out of style. You'll be wearing year 
after year. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts for $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly onto you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. You know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash Rob for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get free shipping and 360 day returns. Quince.com slash Rob. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rob Lowe. If you are someone who's working hard, so many people listening to this podcast, I'm sure they're working, they have dogs at home, they come home, they're tired, they only have such amount of time to do something with a dog. It's it's better to go for a walk with them than to take them to the park and throw a ball. And not only is it better to go for a walk with them, but if you only have 30 minutes, put a backpack on your dog. You don't have to purchase a, a, a you know, a, make your own backpack, put something on the dog. So the dog has a job, a purpose, and that, and that way the energy drains quicker. Ask any fireman what it takes to carry a backpack on their, on, on their back. Ask them, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not just the walk, it's carrying the backpack that gives them a, a more focus. And by the time they drop the backpack, they're super tight, right? So this is a, a quality time where you utilize walking with your dog, but let him carry something. So that out, let those 30 minutes become one hour. So when you meet a dog in public, or yeah. little kids around dogs, you know, and that always can go badly. <laughs> um, yes. Is looking dogs in the eye, not in the eye, what's the kind of behavior you could teach a kid or somebody else who's scared of dogs or, or animals? Like, what are, what are the signs humans physically can do and not do to help that, that interaction go better? Now, this is cultural, okay? This is super cultural because in Mexico, we learn no touch, no talk, no eye contact. So no matter where you live, they're going to tell you, no touch, no talk, no eye contact, you know? And so if the dog does something to you, they blame you, human, not the dog. Wow. Here, kids are being told, 
you know, ask if you can pet them, right? So be polite, but that's not the right way, right? Because the kid is going to go, oh my God. Mm. So they're going to move to the dog and with a strong eye contact because they're excited about it, but the dog has never met them. So it's going to get overwhelmed by that approach. And then when people reaches with the hand like this, this is uh, as to the, to the eyes of a dog. You don't have to bring the scent to a dog. The nose of a dog can pick up on things a mile away. So this is unnecessary. Oh, really? Right? But kids, yes, kids learn to, to talk to the ears and the eyes. And it should be nose, eyes, ears. Listen to this. Dogs are born with the nose open. Eyes and ears are closed. 15 days later, they open the eyes. 21 days later, they open the ears. Nose, eyes, ears. We are ears, eyes, nose. So when people try to connect with a dog like he's a human being, you're changing the way he relates to the world. That's what dogs is smell each other. So when I, I'm walking on a beach and I see a dog that's cute or that I would like to pet, get to know, ask a question of the owner, whatever it is, socialize with, the best way for me to approach that dog is not to approach. Is to not approach. No, not to approach. Let the nose come to you. Let the nose come to you. Mm-hmm. And you just stay calm and claim your space. So he sees that you are an authority figure, right? And that you claim your space. So that way, if you want to protect someone from that dog, you can't. Because in his memory, you are somebody that, that he res- trust and respect. And that you were respectful about it because you let him do nose, eyes, feeling. They don't want to hear you. So we should, so what I'm hearing, which is interesting, is that you should, there shouldn't ever really be a situation where you walk up to a strange dog and go, oh, look at him. It, Right? No. That's so disrespectful to a dog. Yeah. He doesn't want to hear you or feel you. He doesn't want to be touched by you. Just because I'm a dog lover, who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's best to be a knowledgeable dog lover because that, that means you're a respectful human. You see what I mean? Yeah. So it has a more meaning to a dog. Listen, people with horses are way better, right? And people with horses and children will teach a kid not to approach the horse, right? So they're actually more respectful to the horse, right? So a kid, they is going to meet a horse. He needs to stay calm and quiet, right? Let the horse come in and claim space because you don't want the dog, a horse to invade your space. You want to invite him into your space. Why? Because people prioritize the size of the animal, but they're practicing no touch, no touch, no eye contact. They're practicing silence, trust, respect, you know, and then the kid can actually walk a horse. So there is little kids. They can actually move a thousand pounds. And there is no little kids that can actually move a hundred pound pit bull or Rottweiler or German Shepherd, but they can, they can, they can ride a horse. Why? Because the connection that that kid learned to have is more trust, respect, and love. What does it say to an animal when you look it in the eyes? Well, it depends how you feel, because if you're feeling calm, it says calm. If you're feeling nervous, it says nervousness, right? You can tell when people are looking at you and the, the way they feel about you just by the way they're looking at you, right? So eye contact is communication, right? And so in the animal world, they, they are, they're picking up on everything, your, your shoulders, your eye contact, you know, the way you, t- how fast you talk or how you hesitate in talking. All of that is a vibration. It just enhances how you feel. Your eyes enhance, your voice enhance, your movement enhance, right? But that energy is already there before you move. 
that makes perfect sense. Are you a um your dogs sleep with you in in, in the bed, right? Because they're bed people are like, no, never have. And I I love having the dogs in the bed. Well, it's part of the activities, right? So it's five five body motions: stretch, walk, run, rest, sleep. Yep. So if you do those five activities with a dog, you develop a deeper connection. It's just the thing is more people feel like guilty or they feel like trying to compensate. So they just let them sleep. But what happens with that is the dog end up taking over of the spot that they want to sleep. And then the human sleeps crooked, right? So just know the difference between inviting versus invading. <laughs> and yes, sleeping with a dog is, is part of the activities, but it shouldn't be the only activity just so you can fulfill your guilt. Because a lot of people do th things out of guilt. Right. They feel like they haven't spent enough time with them or less. And then let's sleep, but that, that, but the dog hasn't done exercise and mental stimulation. Have you noticed certain dogs watch TV? Like my dog, I had a dog that would literally watch TV and, and if there was an animal on the, sh the oh my God, that he go yeah. berserk, like a bird or a dog barking, he would just, he, I think they thought it was real. And then other, but yet, and then other dogs are not aware at all of the at television. All. That's right. And definitely they watch animal shows. They don't watch the news. Yeah, they like they like your show. <laughs> you know, they like they like educational, entertainment, <laughs> and enlightenment shows. You know, uh, so yes, you're right. Not all dogs are are visual because they the nose takes them out different places, so they're not even using the eyes or they're listening to things. You know, so they're distracted by the other senses. The the the, the one that are more sight oriented are definitely going to watch TV, and and that's not a breed thing. It's just the individual dog. Yeah, I seen. Huskies, I've seen Chihuahuas watching my show. I've seen Labradoodles watching my show. I've seen Bulldogs watching my show. I mean, it has nothing to do with that particular dog. It's a side dog. That's amazing. Um, is there anything that you would like to tell the people who listen to, to the, the podcast who are pet freaks like me that they should, should do that they aren't doing or like sort of your greatest hits for people? Because it's so rare to get somebody like you on the, the show who has such amazing insight. And I, and I, I just want to make sure I've sucked your mind dry. <laughs> well, you know, um, yeah, thank you. Uh, that we don't have a problem with dogs. The world doesn't have a problem with dogs. Humans don't have a problem with dogs, even though it can come across like uh, certain breeds are aggressive or, or they're dangerous. That's not the breed. There is no knowledge behind instinct. There's no reaction. So, so for I example, just to be like, there's nothing inherently wrong with a pit bull. Nothing. By the way, I love pit bulls. But the, the notion that they, oh, watch out, it's a pit bull. It could snap at any time. No, I, you know, the, the animals are very predictable, right? So you just have to see the patterns and then you can predict anything. They're, they're, they follow a program. They're not, they're not unpredictable like human, right? Because we're, we're the one that has the rationality and we should do things way better. But we're the only species that follow unstable leaders and the only ones that pollute the world. You see it? So... So that's why I say we don't have problems with uh, gorillas. We don't have problems with, uh, you know, sharks and, and all these incredible animals. And, and of course, dog is, dog is my best friend. But at the same time, human is afraid of him. Human doesn't like him. And so the perfect breed right now that you can see love, fear, and hate is the pit bull. But in the 70s was the Doberman. Right. Right. And then the 80s was the Rottweiler. So the only thing has changed is what breed human blames. Mm. So I, uh, so this is this will be ideal for people to to pay attention to how we should see a dog. His animal first and foremost. That's what energy, you know, uh, relates. 
species, nose, eyes, ears. They're all nose, eyes, ears. Breed, this is the cultural background. And then the last thing, their name. Animal, species, breed, name. You and I, we are animal, species, human, race, name. So when we have a problem, it's not that we have a problem with the breed. It's who raised you. Right. You yep. Who raised you in that? And then that human is going to ask you to practice positive things or negative things, right? So uh, uh, Pablo Escobar, for example, <laughs> his mom allowed him to become that. My mom told me that that's not what she wanted. So I had to choose a different profession so the whole world gets to know me. So the Cesar Milan is known by the whole world. Yes, I come from the same background. I'm from Culiacán, Sinaloa, Mexico, right? So it's the same background. It's all these guys are there available to all the kids in there. But who raises you is more important. That's amazing. And to and so your your latest project, give me tell me a little bit about that because it sounds really interesting. Well my latest project is always being a father. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, isn't that the truth? I want my kids to definitely keep the, uh, make this world better. You know, uh, right now our mission is better humans, better planet. Our new show is better human, better dog. Because now is my pack, my family helping your pack. I love right? that. So yeah, so before Dog Whisperer was one guy helping a family. Now that I, you know, I, I raised my children, I created a community, I have a beautiful ranch, now, and I train all these people throughout the years. Now is my land, my philosophy, and my pack helping you change your world. So it's, we're very excited about that. Better human, better dog. And it's just as soon as you change your energy, your dog changes. Because a dog is a reflection of you. I always tell people, listen, when you go to a lake, you see a reflection of the outside of you. But when you see a dog, it's a reflection of the inside of you. So let's change how you feel inside and your dog behavior will change. Simple as that. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much. You, you've given me so many good pointers, so much to think about. I mean, it's a, it just the, the notion that a, a dog can be a, a mirror to who we are mm -hmm. is a really profound thing, particularly if you love yeah. dogs like I do. So. Thank you so much. Um, I'm glad I don't actually need you to come to my house uh, <laughs> yet. Um, I think I got my dogs on a, on a pretty good leash. But if I do, I hope you'll come visit me when I need you. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Wow. I learned a lot. Did you learn a lot? I thought I knew a lot. Turns out I don't really. Here's, so here's my main takeaway from, from that. Walk your flipping dog. Walk your dog, people. Walk them. Don't ask them to do anything until you've walked your dog and put a backpack on them. I learned that. Um, I hope you had as much fun as I did. Um, what a great guy. So inspiring. Um, and before I sign off today, it's called the lowdown line. Hello. You've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323 570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hey, Rob. My name is Evan. I'm from Iowa. If you had to go back and make a career switch, like it would have to be a career where you knew you wouldn't be famous, what would you be? Like a plumber or something like that? Love the podcast. See ya. Wow. Really good question. And one that I'm glad I haven't had to contemplate. Um, well, you know, listen, I, I, when I was, a young actor and had a TV show that I was one of the stars of at 15 for two years. And I thought my career was over. I, I really was done being an actor and I was going to be a Marine biologist. 
And that's what I was studying and that's what I was interested in. Um, and then I got the outsiders and that was that. So I guess it would have been, a, uh, you know, a marine biologist. Um, I also was thinking about doing something in the law cause I, I love that kind of stuff. I have a facility for it. Um, and then I decided, you know what, I'm just going to play lawyers as an actor. I don't have to deal with the bar exam that way. So how about this? How about a lawyer by day, marine biologist by night who solves crimes? That's my answer. How about that? See you next week. Don't forget to uh, tell two friends about our little thing we got going on. You and me meeting up like this as we do. And don't forget to uh, give me a comment on the uh, like Apple board or whatever. I read them all. And thank you to those who are nice. All right. Till next week. Rablo. Literally. See you soon. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced and engineered by me, Rob Schulte. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Our researcher is Alyssa Grawl. Our talent bookers are Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. And music is by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.